Welcome back to the Strength and Speed Podcast. I'm your host, Conquer the Gauntlet Pro, Evan Preparis. I don't have Brenna with me. She's giving birth to like a calf or something like that. I can't even make this stuff up. That's legitimately the text message she just sent me. So she's not on the line, but I do have another Conquer the Gauntlet Pro with me. I have Lisa Nondorf um, from the high diving episode. Lisa, welcome back. Thank you. And I hope to God it's not Brenna actually giving birth to the calf. I'm hoping that she's helping like get the calf <laughs> yeah yeah i'm pretty sure she's helping get the calf but uh you know with her her farm life there uh yeah so <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> and we've been trying to schedule this for this is like the fourth day in a row where we're trying to schedule it and everyone's either sick or busy or uh, again delivering small farm animals so correct correct Anyway, before we get to the show, we'll do a quick word from our sponsors. So this episode is brought to you by Elite Ops Energy Ships. If you've never had the Elite Ops Energy Ships, I would go check them out. You can pick them up at EliteOpsEnergy.com. We also have a code for them, CTG10. gets you 10% off every order. So as many times as you want to order, you can use that code. And what they are are basically Listerine strips that have 100 milligrams of caffeine. So it's like basically taking a shot of caffeine and then great for like a midday boost or I like to use them for pre-workout when I go uh, the second by second workout of the day when I typically do strength or obstacle training. And what I really like about them is one because they come in 100 milligram strips, you can you can basically just take that and you can take it like literally as you walk into the gym. So it kind of hits you and then you're like you're good to go for the rest of your workout. And you know with 100 milligrams you can you know you take one, you can take two if you really want to or you can even take three if you're if you have a high caffeine tolerance and that's your thing. But yeah, I, I would advise against three, but I mean, there there are some popular pre workout brands that have 300 milligrams of caffeine. Yeah, Doug lives by those, and don't tell him he can take three. Yeah, could <laughs> be around him if he had three. <laughs> so, great product, and especially useful because we're going to be talking about OCR Mill two four during this episode, and that involves staying up all night running on a treadmill. Oh yeah, it does. So. I did the event by myself, so I ran basically did a mile on a treadmill, got off, did four obstacles of my choice at Conquer Fitness, and then repeated that process for 24 hours straight, and that was also in conjunction with the Conquer the Gauntlet Pro Team Takeover Weekend. So while I was doing this on the treadmill, kind of off in the corner, there was the normal Conquer the Gauntlet Pro Team Weekend going on. So there was a work partner with a Pro Team member workout in the morning, there was a little Q&A slash obstacle tip technique seminar afterwards they broke for lunch then they came back and did a short course ninja competition after the ninja competition hung out for a little while and then broke for dinner and then came back and basically did a lock-in where people just basically hung out all night you know having fun and um you know drink drinking a couple beverages and just kind of relaxing around the gym playing around on obstacles so definitely a good time um yeah, and we'll probably do another protein takeover, probably not until like December. We usually only do them in the off season. So part of that, we also did. Oh, oh, the the event was 
to raise money for Folds of Honor. Folds of Honor provides scholarship money for kids whose parents were killed or wounded in action. And we actually had one of the Folds of Honor representatives stop by the event, which was kind of cool. Oh, that's amazing. So he stopped by and, you know, was saying he's very thankful for my service and thankful for what I was doing. And he's like, oh, such a such a great thing. And it's like, yeah, I don't know, like – I, I got to come home at the end of the day, so I don't I don't think it's a big big deal. But uh, you know he was very appreciative of it, so that was that was cool to see. That's really cool. So in in addition to our my personal event, we also did a couple of relay or satellite locations, and one of them was at Lisa's gym, uh, Hybrid Athletic Club. So Lisa, tell us a little bit about how that went down. Well, we're not an we're a traditional gym, so um, we just have a bunch of cardio stuff and a bunch of weights. I'm capable of setting up some of my obstacle stuff, but it wasn't much. So we just decided to do a relay treadmill version where we did um, basically the treadmill won't stop. So we um, made sure that at least one treadmill in the gym was running for 24 hours with somebody on it. And people could sign up for, you know, an hour shift. We had people come in for half an hour. so it was really cool at hybrid to have that. And we logged, like, I think we logged 182 miles, which is really neat to say that people not highly involved with OCR still came in and, you know, put in smiles and, you know, and it got awareness out there for everything. So it was really cool. Cool. And I know you personally did a long shift at night. So how long was your shift at night? Um, my shift, I ended up, on the treadmill for probably eight and a half, nine hours. Um, but I did a straight shift of five hours on the treadmill and then took a little break and then got back on. Um, after the break, it was uh, extremely slow moving. <laughs> <laughs> Go, but it was good. And then what's your farthest you've run before last weekend? 15 miles. And then how many how many miles did you run how how many how many miles did you run in the five hour period, and then how many did you run total? Um, the five hour period, I ran uh, about twenty twenty. I want to say like twenty five, twenty six miles, so almost my marathon. And then, um, and I wanted to kind of mentally be done at that point because it wasn't. It was more my feet were hurting, but we can definitely talk about that. But then um, I ended up with thirty, just over thirty two miles. Nice. So basically, like a fifty k. Yeah. 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 So I got on the treadmill at 9 a.m., 9.05, started running, was doing my, was feeling real good, you know, got, got into the zone, and was doing pretty good for about the first 10 hours. You know, my, I knew from previous ultra OCRs, if you hit, like, your 10-hour mark is typically about your halfway distance part, as long as you don't completely blow up. Um, so at the 10-hour mark, I was at 50 miles, and I was like, cool. On pace to get 100, still feeling pretty good. And then, like, an hour later, like the, I was like, oh, the wheels fell off. Like, you know, I was I was doing, taking a lot of walk breaks and kind of jogging and then taking more walk breaks. And the I thought the wheels had fallen off the first time, but they didn't. Um, they really fell off about, <laughs> about uh, six hours after that. So right around, I think it was like the... 16 or 17 hour mark like I was just like my body just started imploding it was it got real ugly and I was what um what on you was hurt like I know that for me 
it was literally the balls of my feet. Like the balls of my feet were just like, my legs were sore and tired, but it was my feet that did me. So what was it that really made you feel like I just, you know, was it like knees, legs? What was it for you? It was kind of a little bit of everything, you know, like the balls of my feet weren't really hurting. My, I mean, my muscles hurt, my joints hurt, basically like everything from the waist down hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, I think part of that was, you know, I did World's Toughest Mudder in mid-November. I basically, you know, took a month off where I didn't run for a while and then I was doing strength training and then basically did a single build-up period. So like, like three or four weeks of build-up and a taper into this event. So not much training between World's Toughest and this. And I definitely, <clears throat> I definitely came in a little bit undertrained and I knew that coming in. Um, and I think that showed in my pacing because, um, yeah, the, like for the second half of the event, like normally when I finish an ultra or an ultra OCR, you know, my legs and joints and stuff will throb in pain for about an hour. And then it kind of, there's nothing you can do. You just got to ride it out. Like there's, there's literally nothing you can do. So you just, but during the event, like my legs hurt, like it was, the event was over, you know, like I had that like throbbing pain, which is usually, I think usually the adrenaline dulls that and, you know, maybe the fact that it wasn't a race um, made them hurt a little bit more because I think mentally you can override it if it's in the middle of a race and you have like a very specific goal you're pushing for and there are people chasing you or you're chasing other people. So that definitely that definitely played some role. Well, and I think like part of me was like when I was running and I was thinking lucky Evan gets to get off the treadmill every mile. You know, because I think I made a comment to you in the middle of the night at one point, like when I did the five hours uh, straight without coming off, I got off the treadmill and I said, if you've ever, like, you know, the little walking escalators they have at the airport? Yeah. When you finally walk off it, it feels funny. I mean, I promise you, I almost fell on my face after five hours. Like, I was like, the floor didn't move when I got off. And I was like, whoa, that was a weird feeling. And I was like, okay. So would it be better to come off every mile and then do, you know, get to walk on normal ground and then get back on? But then part of me is like, no, because it's that mentality of let me get back on, you know, like, oh, I don't know how you did that. Once I was off, I was like, and I'm off. (laughs) I think it was easier to get off because it provided, it provided a lot of short-term goals. I'd be like, all right, you know, and, another five minutes or another eight minutes or whatever, as I slowed, you know, another 20 minutes, I can get off the treadmill for a couple of seconds. So it, it kind of provided little short-term goals and breaks. And I mean, the harder part is when you're getting off, you're typically doing something fairly physical. So that's tiring out your upper body and your arms. And in some cases, your legs and some of the balance obstacles, but. Right, right. Mentally, I found it easier. So I did. Last year, I did um, when I was prepping for my Endure the Gauntlet. I did a treadmill challenge, which was you had 48 hours, and you could, you had to run 100 miles over the 48 hours, and you could break it up any any way you want, you know. So, and I found that what I that one I found mentally worse than this one because it was um, it was just like it was just so much treadmill running. I don't know. Oh, I I couldn't do. 24 hours my five hours was bad enough and like I said getting back on like I did the same thing as you it was like and there goes my pace you know (laughs) Um, 
but also being new to anything overnight and anything long distance, my eating was horrible. So what, what did you eat throughout the whole thing? That would be my question. So I primarily fueled very similar to the way I do in Ultra OCR. Um, normally Ultra OCR, I drink Perpetuum. It's a fat carb protein blend from Hammer Nutrition. And then I eat gels on course. And that's basically all I eat for the entire race. Um, because I was on a treadmill and not moving, I didn't have to worry about you know carrying gels. So I basically had a bottle of Perpetuum on my treadmill. And then I had a bottle of, bottle of Heed, which is their... Um, <clears throat> essentially, it's like... Their carb electrolyte blend uh, drink. So very similar to gels, but in a liquid form. And I basically drank those two things pretty much nonstop for 24 hours. The only solid food I ate was a scone that I had left over from breakfast. And I had my wife bring me a uh, large frappuccino, coffee frappuccino for the caffeine and sugar. But other than that, no solid food, just liquid. So nice. Okay. Yeah, I, um, I coached for um, 12 hours prior to the run. So we had a gymnastics meet. And so I was um, literally coaching from, I think we started at uh, 9, no, 10 a.m. And I didn't get off the floor until 9 p.m. Good. Stand on your feet all day. That's a great way to prep for an ultra. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly it. So, and then um, I went straight to the gym from there. But I didn't eat very well in between there because you're coaching. So um, when I got there, and of course I got there and I was just like, I just need to get started and didn't even think about the fact of, oh, I haven't eaten since like noon. Luckily, I was smart enough at the meet to know, drink a lot of water, you know, so I did drink um, a lot of water. But yeah, so I was very surprised. And I was very surprised that I didn't have to go to the bathroom more often like that I was actually able to stay for five hours and because I'm the worst person when it comes to having to go to the bathroom. It's like every five seconds. I gotta be, I gotta be. So, um, so did, but yeah. did you end up eating any solid food while you were on the treadmill? No, I didn't. I ate when I took my first break uh, or no, my second, like when I thought I was done, done. And then I looked at, I like added up my mileage um, because I don't know if you've ever been on a treadmill, but you stop. After an hour, <laughs> the treadmill just kind of ours like don't let you go. That yeah, it depends on the brand. Some of them have an auto shut off at an hour. Yeah, I've I've yeah. experienced that before. So we had to keep restarting it. So I would just write down my miles every hour. And so when I finally did the math and added everything and realized, oh, you could hit a 50k. I was like, I need to get back on. So I ate at that point. And the crazy thing was, I got back on. And I ran as well then as in the beginning. So I was like, clearly I didn't eat very well. So, which is good that I'm learning this stuff because, you know, I was like, "Mm, that helped. So all of a sudden I'm back on running at, you know, a 930 pace. Yeah. Which was insane. I didn't think that that would be at the end of my run would be some of my fastest miles as well. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Fueling is, I mean, fueling is absolutely huge for ultra running or ultra endurance in general. You know, the, they say the generally recommended <clears throat> quantity of calories is like 200 to 300 per hour. Um, you're burning more than that, but you can't, 
you can't replace everything you're burning. So generally the body, people's bodies absorb like 200 to 300 calories, which if you do the math, each gel is about 90 calories. So that's, you know, three to four gels an hour. So which turns out to like one gel every 15 to 20 minutes, which is I think most people would consider a lot. Uh, Yeah. So I know when I'm, I don't need that type of fuel when I'm doing like a training run or something a little bit easier. But when I'm, you know, running for toughest mudder for the eight hours or, you know, kind of pushing hard for a, yeah, like I, I feel like I need that fuel and I'll, I'll just pour fuel into the tank. And, um, I think it keeps me, keeps me going pretty strong. So, yeah. Yeah. That's what I was, um, I was talking to somebody about and I said, that's the one thing that I definitely will have to work on because, you know, the longest race I've ever done has been paddle frog. And so like to be out and that's why I said, that. and the only reason that I ran 15 miles was I got lost on course. So <laughs> that's, that's it. <laughs> like, other than that, the only thing that I've ever, it's been like a half marathon and that's it. So I've never had to fuel or anything like that in a race. So, cause traditionally in a normal race, I maybe drink water, but I've never had electrolytes or anything like that. Yeah. So I'm still pretty new on that. So. Yeah. It's a different, it's, I wouldn't say it's like a different, completely different sport, but it definitely adds a layer of complexity to whatever sport you're doing as you kind of increase the endurance. Right. Like when you show up to, you know, like a shorter race, um, even savages for me, like if I almost forget to eat or I can't eat cause you're so nervous and you just can't eat. It's never been detrimental. Like I'll get hungry after about mile four, but this was completely different. Yeah. Yeah. So when I did the treadmill challenge, the 48 hour one, you know, because I'm basically running nonstop and burning all these calories and you know, the hammer nutrition products, you know, they're not the cheapest. Um, I decided to like, all right, when I was doing the 48 hour one, I was like, all right, I'll just eat, you know, eat kind of whatever I want. And I found that like when I was eating, like like I was eating Oreos and red vines and stuff like that. And I had so many, so much stomach problems. Like I couldn't believe it. My stomach was killing me like all the time. So, um, just kind of experimenting with that. Um, you know, it just reconfirmed the way I've been fueling for all my races, which is basically hammer nutrition, primarily a liquid fuel. So okay, that's cool. Off to um, try some new things because I, you know, afterwards um, somebody asked me, would I ever consider running like that many miles, like actually doing a 50k? And I said, I don't know. I mean, I probably I like the idea that I was capable of it, which I never thought I would be. Um, but I said, I won't do it on a treadmill. I'm going to say 99% sure oh, I yeah. won't do it on a treadmill again. But I can't say 100% because that's when, you know, you kick yourself and go, I told myself I was never going to do this again. But um, yeah, the treadmill, I think, added a whole different component. Because I'm spoiled here in the fact that I don't even run on road. So I am on trail probably 75% of all my running. So I literally went from running all trail to treadmill. I was like, oh, this is painful. So it's funny you say that because so I did my first treadmill marathon in 2006 in Iraq on my birthday in the summer. 
and uh, there was not very good air conditioning in, the, in our base, and I was just like, I was sweating so much, like I barely went to the bathroom over the, it took me like four and a half hours, and uh, my, a couple of my guys came and like checked on me, and I was like, oh, thank God you're here, I need more water, I'm, I'm out of water, um, right, so I get off, I get off that, and I was like, that was a terrible idea, I am never doing that again, absolutely never, um, fast forward, five years i'm in iraq again and one of my friends she's training for a marathon on a, and mostly on a treadmill and she had like a 20 mile run and she was complaining like how long it's gonna be and i was like oh well you know i'll get on the treadmill next to you and pace you no problem i was like how long does it take you to do 20 miles and it said she said about three hours and 10 minutes and i was like well that's my marathon pace so let's do this again so i and and, and one the air conditioning was much better uh, my fueling was much better my, I was in much better shape, <coughs> and having someone next to you made it a hundred times better. So I got off that, and I was like, "I am never doing a treadmill marathon." I said that again, and then fast forward, I did the treadmill thing, which I you could say counts or doesn't count depending on how you look at it. Right. Um, and then I, I, I did this. It counts. <laughs> that counts. Yeah. So I, I then I did this. So that's. Three times I, I keep, I've said I've ne- I'm never doing this again, and uh, I keep breaking my own promises. Yeah, that's why I said never say 100% because that's when you're like, damn it. But I will say that, yes, having somebody running next to you helped. I had a friend of mine, um, Joe Caller, and he lives in Iowa, and he came out, and he ran next to me the entire time. Um, he got to run. I taught like a charity boot camp in the morning so people can come in, and <laughs> I taught boot camp. So yeah, taught a class after the run, didn't sit down to teach, which was impressive. But, um, and so they finished up the run and he got to spend a little bit longer on the treadmill. So he ended up getting uh, 40 miles. In oh, wow. The- yeah. So his nutrition is much better than mine because I would see him going and like taking gels and all that stuff. And I'm just going to keep drinking my water. So, um, but yeah, he got 40. And so I was super impressed. But it helped having him like right there. And I think being able to text you too, you know, throughout the night and be like, okay, why do my feet feel like they're going to fall off? <laughs> like, yeah. so that was good. So. Yeah, it definitely gave me more mental strength knowing there were other people in other locations suffering at the si- same time as I was. Exactly. <laughs> it, it really did. Like it helped, you know, I texted you, I texted Helene. Um, so... <clears throat> <clears throat> And then other than that, I had um, I had my fam. Well, my dad stayed with me all night. Basically, he wrote down every time I got off the tread. Like he literally sat by the treadmill all night and wrote down every time I got off and what obstacles I did. So I have a list of every single obstacle I did. Insane. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. Um, and then I had uh, Daniel Leonard, who paced me a lot during Endure the Gauntlet, who we had on this podcast on the episode where it was like me, Nathan, Brenna, HB, and Daniel. Oh my um, God. And he is like a riot. So, you know, I loved having him by, he kept, he keeps my spirits high. He did a lot of, like I said, he did a lot of my pacing for Endure the Gauntlet and he was just so much fun to have around there. So definitely a huge shout out to him because I'm not, I wouldn't say I couldn't do it without him, but I, you know, I would not want to do something like this without him because he was, he was that much fun. Yeah. It's really cool to have your friends around that you know support and help you i think that's really important so but here's my big question so when you did endure the gauntlet we learned that you could do 50 walls 
How many balls did you do this time? Well, because I did 50 at Endure the Gauntlet, I was I wanted more, clearly. So uh, I ended up doing 53. Yes. And I did not... Like, at Endure the Gauntlet, I basically went to, like, go over the 51st wall, and, like, I bent my legs, and, like, I, I couldn't jump the six inches to grab the top of the wall. Like, my body just, like, was like, no, you're not doing this. You've been denied. Um, I did not hit that point in this. Like, I, I still, I felt like I was getting really close. Like, when I went over those, like, you know, 51, 52, 53, I felt like I was really close to that. But uh, I was not completely at that point, and um, I figured better to... Better to just break it a little bit than than really push myself and right, stupid. right. So I, I just did, look at the wall and been like, I could have done one more. I chose that too. <laughs> yeah. So I did fifty three walls. I crossed uh, stairway to heaven seventeen times. Oh my god. Um, I did seventeen rig crossings, which are you know there was there was like one that was there was in the middle of the gym that was kind of hard. It was with a lot of atomic holds. I think I did that one four times. I did the one. There was one that was all rings, but it involved making a turn. So that's kind of awkward. Um, so I did that one probably three times. I did the one outside, which is like the normal CTG uh, Tarzan swing. <coughs> Again, with Atomic Holds, probably another four times. And then I did – there was another one that was basically all rings outside. I did that for uh, a bunch of them. So so those are my – How did your hands fare this time? Say again? How did your hands fare? Yeah, good question. So, endure the gauntlet. If you pay attention to that, there was a picture of my hands I put online that were just like gross. They're just they're straight up gross. Like they're, you know, they were all waterlogged and there was open wounds. I think I had like I counted like thirteen or so open wounds in my hands, and that was only after about I think twelve hours of racing or something. Okay, it was fairly early in because I remember them being really bad when we race raced. Yeah, it was it was well before the twenty four hour mark. Yeah. Um, so interesting enough, because it's, it's dry and my hands weren't getting wet, they were fine. I have zero rips. I didn't rip any calluses. I did get like one blood blister that formed below a callus, but it doesn't wow. hurt. Um, and then <clears throat> other than that, my hands were just real tender, you know, like from just from grabbing, grabbing things, you know, stairway to heaven and rig holds and stuff like that. They were just right. a little tender to the touch, but. Yeah, the water makes a huge difference, clearly. So. That's crazy. Yeah, because I was thinking that when we got up, I was like, okay, the lower half of my body is sore and tired, but the upper half still feels great. So I said, poor heavens, probably laid out on the floor not knowing which end of his body hurts more, <laughs> the lower half or the upper half. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. And, you know, then towards the end, um, what was nice about this was because all the obstacles are right there, you know, as my body started deteriorating, well, I started doing more easy obstacles towards the second half of the race. So I still felt, unlike, you know, Endure the Gauntlet, you're faced with the obstacles that are in front of you, and you don't have a choice. <coughs> um, you, you, you know, like when you say you chose wrong, yeah, that might be because Tulsa's course was ridiculously hard. Stupid. It was the hardest <laughs> CDG course I've ever seen. It was completely absurd. The crank it up was like yeah. monstrously heavy. Yeah. You know, they, it was hot. It was the roughest terrain we've had. It was the hardest or the second yeah. hardest rig we've ever had. That hill, though, <laughs> it was a great view. Like, you're like, oh, I'm going to go climb 
that up there. That would be fun. Like one hill in Oklahoma. What? So, but yeah, it was insane. And then you couldn't help but get wet. Yes. Because, you know, you had Pegatron over water. Right. You had the rig that was ridiculously hard over water. So, yeah. There's a lake swim. There's a small small pond swim in the middle of it. So, mm-hmm. I'd say the other thing I kind of wasn't expecting for this um, was, you know, I was like flat treadmill. I should be able to get really high mileage. <clears throat> but I think normal ultra OCR, I end up walking a lot of the uphills and then jogging the flats and downhills. And the fact that there was no uphills and no flats meant – meant I did very little walking um, until I absolutely needed to. So I probably could have planned that out a little bit better. But then the other problem is, right, like every foot strike is – it's like hitting the same exact point on your muscles, right? Like it's hitting this the same part of your quad and the same part of your hamstring and the same part of your calf, right? Because every foot strike is the same versus at least if you're going up and downhill, sometimes it's more hamstrings focused, sometimes more quad focused. So I think that just repetitive motion – of the same exact foot strike just decimated my body a lot quicker than I was expecting. Well, and I'm a downhill runner. I love running downhill. And I'm like, the one thing you took away was my ability to run downhill. So, yeah, for me, everything was just kind of – because I did set it on an incline for a little while just to break up that repetitiveness, just so that I was like, okay, I know that uphill is going to hurt, but at least it's not the same – stride it's not the same everything over and over again so <clears throat> and then i've also been like i was sick the week leading up to it and then uh, i've been sick the week after it you can hear me coughing occasionally so i mean that that does not really help things but i will say like once i start running the cough goes away almost completely like i did uh, my dad commented that i basically did he's like i can't believe how little you were coughing while you were running he's like and then you stop and you're cough you're like coughing again it's like yeah I don't know, like it controls controls your breathing, so. Um. I think so, yeah. That's crazy, but um, yeah, I was fortunate that luckily I hadn't been sick, and when I made the decision to do it, I have already been trying to put in a lot of cardio, and so I was really surprised at how quickly I actually recovered. You know, um, let's see, by Sunday night, I was like, my legs were tired, but if there was a bear chasing me, I would be able to run without like going, Oh my God, you know? So, um, but luckily there were no bears chasing me around. So I did not have to run. Um, but by Monday I was, um, back to running outside. I'm not getting on a treadmill anytime soon. So I was back to running outside, um, and biking, but I've been doing a lot of biking lately. So just trying to get my legs a little bit more used to, putting in some miles. I was not doing as well. I was walking very, very like, I mean, it, I was, I had trouble like getting out of cars and, you know, standing up like my, my right leg wouldn't bend. So I was kind of like just dragging it. Like I had a wooden leg type thing. Yeah. Um, that was Sunday, Monday, not much different. Um, I was like slowly walking through the office and people are like, people are like, what's wrong with you? And I was like, I I ran 85 miles on a treadmill this weekend. Yeah. What is wrong with you? Like, that makes a whole different sentence after that. Yeah. So I usually don't tell people before I do these things. It's just like, you know, 
you know, I, I view my work life and my obstacle course race life separate. So I don't, unless people need to know, like unless I'm taking off from work, I typically don't tell them what I'm doing on the weekends. I'm just like, you know, like, oh, what'd you do this weekend? I was like, ah, I ran eight hours through the night. And they're like, what? Or, you know, this this one, this one a lot of people ask me because I was visibly, I was visibly not doing well on Monday. Um, Tuesday, I was moving slowly, but a little bit better. And then uh, by Wednesday, I was walking normally enough where people were not asking me questions. Right. Well, I heard your daughter was super supportive. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. She was, she was, she was laughing. You know, we get out of the car and she's like, dad is walking like an old man. And I was like, oh, she's laughing at me. She's like, come on, dad, I move faster. It's like, you move faster. (laughs) That's so amazing. She's such a great kid. (laughs) Here's the funny part was, uh, she got, um, she got two. She went to the doctor yesterday or two days ago and got two shots in her legs. Oh no! Yesterday, yesterday she was walking like an old woman. You know? <laughs> so I was making fun of her. She's like, ah, "My legs hurt." You know, I was like, "So mm-hmm. I got." I was like, "Ha ha!" Baby, you have to wait long for revenge. So. Yeah. She probably didn't find that funny though. She, she she did not find that funny. She was not. No. no. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. So what do you think uh, you, you you might do for your next one? Um, I'm going to keep that close hold. So I have like, I have two ideas left. I'm not sure if I'm going to do one, both or neither. I'm going to kind of see how the next uh, year plays out. But you know, that was my big ultra OCR event for 2019. So I'm just going to go around. I'm going to do my normal races for 2019. So I'll be doing CTG continuum and, um, Toughest Mudder still and World's Toughest Mudder. So that, that's kind of my on my plan for 2019. But, you know, as far as outside the box, crazy ultra OCR charity fundraiser thing, you know, that's it for 2019. And uh, <clears throat> I, I spitballed some of the ideas past Daniel Leonard and some of my other friends to make sure they're um, crazy enough. How do you – right? So, like, What's funny is when the deeper you get into endurance sports, like your baseline and, and your view of what's normal and what's hard starts shifting. So like I don't even understand some of these things. Sometimes when I say an idea, if it even sounds crazy, like I have to run the I have to run it past someone who is normal, be like, does this sound like it is terrible? And they're like, yeah, that sounds awful. Like that's what I did with the OCR mill. And then they were like, I was like, okay, cool. That's kind of the appropriate reaction I was expecting. Right. Normal people look at you and go, "What is wrong with you? <laughs> Have you right. lost your mind?" Like, "Oh, that's good then." Yeah, that's yeah, that's it. That's what you need to uh, for the next event. So, yeah, we'll see if I do the next ones or not. And um, yeah, it's kind of play it by ear. So, well, and the DTG continuum is new. <coughs> it is, yeah. Right. So, can you run elite and do continuum, or you have to choose one or the other? So you can do both. You can do elite into continuum um so theor- theoretically you could you know win 300 dollars in the elite if you win the race and then you could win 100 dollars in continuum so, wow but i will say i think i think we've said this on the podcast before i think it's possible it's more likely that a woman would be able to pull that off than a guy um specifically especially if like you know someone because you got to run fast to win uh not that you don't have to run fast for the women but uh the field's a little bit usually a little bit deeper yeah, and then I was planning on, on a lot of them. I'm just going to be running continuum, so like I'm not going to try to do well in elite. I'm just going to shoot for continuum. So all my pacing will be much better. 
versus versus someone who goes who red lines on their first lap. You know, you'll you'll quickly find out that that's the reason people pace themselves because you'll finish that first lap and not want to go back out for more. In continuum, if you can't complete an obstacle, what happens? Uh, there's a there's like uh, it's not it's fifteen some sort of calisthenic and then another fifteen of a different calisthenic. I can't remember what they are off the top of my head. Something they're not burpees, but they're some some other exercise. But yeah, <clears throat> and it's only for <clears throat> it's only for four obstacles. It's cliffhanger stair, which is the monkey bars stairway to heaven. Uh, the rig or Tarzan swing and Pegatron. So everything else is mandatory. The four like hardest upper body obstacles are um, penalty options. Right, right. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting if uh, CTG comes out with new obstacles this year. Yeah, yeah. I know. I'm sure uh, Steve and Dave and uh, Phil will come up with some 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 good stuff. So. And I'll be happy as long as it's not get on this treadmill and run for a while and then get off and then finish the race. Like the treadmill obstacle. I think right now I would be like, and I've never lost the band, but that might do it. <laughs> so. So, so funny story. When uh, Spartan last year announced their mountain series, um, it would have been right after I did that uh, hundred mile treadmill 48 hour thing. And oh. it was a cut like, when they announced the mountain series, Jason Williams, uh, who's friends with Ashley and, you know, yeah. was like, he's like, Evan's not interested unless it's on a treadmill. And I wanted to be like, Oh, if only you knew, you know, because <laughs> I had the plan already in my mind. Um, yeah. I didn't, but I didn't tell him. And I was trying to like, I was searching Facebook, trying to find the actual uh, comment he made, but I, I couldn't yeah. find it. So. That's so funny. Yeah. That's awesome. So how long <laughs> do you think, when do you think you'll be back on a treadmill running? Oh, a uh, couple weeks. I don't know. Yeah. I, you know, there's just not, it. I mean, I'll probably end up doing a couple miles here and there, but you know, I, I try not to do as much, that much treadmill running. I um, try to do mostly, you know, roads and trails and stuff like that. Right. A, a lot of times when I travel, I end up doing treadmill just because I'm in a new place and I don't really know the area and it might be just easier to just hop on the treadmill, especially if I'm doing something like intervals where it's like, all right, well, I know, you know, I can control the interval. I can control when I get on and off and, uh, it's, it's yeah. my pace exactly. So. I'm like that. I've been on a treadmill more, I think this winter than ever, but we've also had some ridiculous cold weather here. So, um, and then when I travel in the same way, depending on where we're at and what our hotel is like, we've been, we spent a lot of time in Minneapolis this year and I don't like running downtown Minneapolis. So, um, so it's put me on a treadmill a lot. <clears throat> Minneapolis. I went when I went off for the Hammer Race. It snowed in April, and they canceled the race, or they canceled the Elite Wave of the race, so I didn't do it. And then when I went back to the Hammer Race in October, it snowed again on the way out. I couldn't believe it. I was like, "What is with this place?" So, yeah. And then there here has been a bit like insane. It was snowing again. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> so we're gonna I think we're gonna wrap things up. Any other final OCR mill thoughts, questions? Oh, um so the donation link is still open. We're at just over two thousand dollars cumulative. So if you want to donate, that link is pinned to the top of I think both the strength and speed Facebook page and the CTG Pro Team Facebook page. You can head over to either. 
make a small donation. Any amount really helps. You know, I think it's really the for me like when I see someone donate to me, it's really the thought that counts. You know, I'm not like I'm not like oh this person gave you know five bucks and this person gave forty. You know, I'm just uh, just happy to see that people are contributing. Exactly. And uh, we'll give you a quick rundown of, you know, special shout out to a bunch of the people that donated. I'm going to read a couple of names real quick as a thank you. Uh, so Lee Stowell, Scott Wurzecki, Kerry Stone, Lisa Golding, Joseph Carter, Chris Gallagher, Jeff DeWitt, Mary Opitz, Lisa Nondorf, Daniel Leonard, uh, Eileen Dumay, and the people at Otherworld OCR. That's a cumulative donation from them. Uh Emetis Muti, Megan Berg, Terry Boyer, Eileen Dumay, uh, James Harris, Amy Akins, AC Hale, uh, uh, Linda Leonard, Ben McCall, Randy Lackey, Damian Shamo, uh, Robin Willman, Aaron Parker, D. Stye Corellis, Kevin Milley, Michael Booms, uh, John Casamatis, Tyler T.F., uh, Heather Knowles, Camerata, uh, Ashley Samples, my mom, uh, Brian Fisher, Reed Porter. So, and that's that doesn't that count all the people who donated in person, which I know there was a whole bunch of you. So, a special shout out, shout out to you guys. I do appreciate it. That's amazing, though. That's you know, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, pretty wide range of people, and I mean, there's a bunch of people there who I I don't know. I don't know who those people are. You know, so that's kind of cool to see uh, have that reaching effect. Exactly. Exactly. <clears throat> all right any final shout outs you want to give before we take off no the only thing i have to say is um squirrels nut butter it was one of our sponsors that i was like well i don't know if i'll ever use them but it's great i now can say for a fact i'm very thankful to squirrel nut butter so thank you guys because i find i did learn what chafing is and it's <laughs> not fun <laughs> so I, I am very appreciative now so thank you to them very much <laughs> yeah so i i use them the i have both a it's like a kind of like a tub where you can kind of smear it on or they have one that looks like a deodorant stick if you're gonna buy some squirrels nut butter i would go with the deodorant stick i like that one a lot better um basically before you put on your race clothes you just basically kind of paint your paint your downstairs there just get a ball just get in there. Just get in there with that stick. So it's not something you want to. You don't want to get a, have a friend and then share that stick. I would advise. I would advise against that. So buy your own. Um, the tub. But I, I do recommend buying it. Yeah, the the tub. I like. I, I feel like I don't get as much um, actual uh, nut butter on my fingers. <laughs> so I like the stick better. <laughs> Conversation never thought would be happening. Yeah. I'm having it now. And I'm saying, don't wait. <laughs> like, you need to buy that stuff. <laughs> yeah, that'll. So the thing is with like ultra running with ultra OCR, you know, your your body will something will always hurt the most. Always, it always does. The trick is you want to try to take away as many of those things as possible. So you're on, you know, like so you get rid of chafing, you get rid of you know gastrointestinal problems, you know, with proper fueling. You know, get rid of. Um, I actually ended up getting chafing on my lats because I was running shirtless and my arms were. Yeah, I was swinging my arms and you know, um, so I ended up putting a bunch of the nut butter on my lats there, and then I ended up putting a shirt on eventually. So. Right. <clears throat> but yeah, you want to you want to get rid of all the as many problems as you can. You know, blisters on your feet, all that stuff by wearing the appropriate shoes, throwing on some pair of mud gear socks. Uh, make you know, especially if you're doing rope climbs, you don't want any leg burns or anything like that. So. Exactly. 
And then you can focus on the actual problems. Like, why am I running so far? And why do my legs hurt so much? Why is this treadmill still going? <laughs> yeah. <that> was... <laughs> and I did have, I did have a couple of plans for, you know, if the treadmill broke, um, depending on if it was daytime, we were going to go physically buy a new one and bring it in. Um, so that would have been interesting. And the, my other plan was basically to switch to running a mile repeat outside, basically. <coughs> Luckily, uh, Brennan's treadmill held up. So shout out Yay, to her. Because I, I just put 85 miles on her treadmill and uh, I'm sweating all over it. So oh, oh, that's You're good. Welcome. You're yeah. welcome, Brennan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, perfect. All right. Any other shout outs you want to give before we go? No, that's, that's it. Like it was, um, it was a great event. It really was. And I'm very thankful that we were able to take part at hybrid and thank you, Evan, for putting everything together. So thanks for participating. The, I have a bunch of articles coming out on OCR world championships website. So make sure you head over and check out their uh, blog or their news section. Um, I just released, we just released two on obstacle difficulty. So basically, you know, is there a thing as having obstacles that are too hard? And I look at it from a couple different perspectives. I look at it from uh, both cash prize OCRs. I look at it for championship OCRs. And then I look at it for ultra OCRs. And within each of those, I break it down into um, uh, elites, competitive wave, basically. Or uh, basically, if you, if you can qualify for the pro wave of OCR World Championships, um, if you can qualify for age group of OCR World Championships, and then kind of if you can't qualify for either, and kind of, you know, is there such a thing as, you know, these obstacles are too hard? And I think I, obviously I'm biased because I wrote the articles. I think they present a pretty interesting perspective on the topic instead of just being like, you know, yes, it's too hard or no, it's not too hard. So I don't, I'm going to go read. And then I got a whole bunch of other great stuff coming out, uh, basically all the way up until the championships, basically like one article a week coming out from them. So lots of good stuff. You had a lot of time, like 24 hours on a treadmill to write. Uh, I, I, I write them. I write them when I go on business trips. A lot of times on planes, and then I, so I, I front load a lot of the work and then uh, spread it out over a couple weeks. So check those out. Uh, Muttering guys, Ultra OCR Bible also for sale. I'm down to I think one box of books left. So uh, don't wait to buy it because eventually it will sell out, and then I'm not reordering them because that's a lot of money up front. So. Um, head th- pick those up. Uh, Blegmits, same thing. We will eventually sell out of Blegmits, uh, probably before World's Toughest. So, if you want Blegmits, I would pick, order them sooner rather than later. And then, last shout out for conquering the Gauntlet. If you're preparing for uh, the Conquer the Gauntlet series events, <clears throat> I wrote a book called Conquering the Gauntlet. It's specifically for uh, CTG. Great for kind of all levels. It has a little more of a you know a template versus specific workouts but what it does do is goes down by obstacle and gives you specific tips for each obstacle and how to prepare and get better for each obstacle and i wrote it after all right put the final touches on it after ctg wichita which had a couple of the super hard rigs right with like the floating boards and the rope so a lot of current up-to-date information that is very relevant to probably what we will be facing in 2019 so check that out all right lisa thanks for joining me uh we are going to switch over and talk to Aline a little bit about OCR Mill at Otherworld OCR.
All right, we are now joined by Eline Dumay, who we've had on the podcast before. Yeah, we've had on the podcast before. She's an ultra endurance athlete and one of the managers at, or the only manager, I guess, at Otherworld OCR, uh, which is the o- OCR gym in Frederick, Maryland, with the double wide platinum rig. Awesome facility. And then they recently held their the relay of OCR Mill 2-4. So, Helene, welcome. Cool. So, I guess, tell take us through how the event went at your location. Uh, so, overall, it went pretty well. We, we decided to do it 24-hour, so uh, nonstop, relaying. And we have four treadmills. So, I thought, let's open it. The more people, the better it is. So pretty much uh, the, the, the three or four treadmill was al- always uh, in action, except, of course, through the night was it's quieter. Uh, and, well, I mean, member from the gym showed up. Most of them, which is cool, they just end up bringing the family. I mean, I, I guess it runs in the family, but father, two son, um, father, yes, daughter-in-law. Anyway, so there were kind of uh, different heat but uh, they were working as a team, kind of cheering up on each other's. So we did the same as you did, main, meaning one mile run followed by four obstacles. I had it listed down on a piece of paper and people could track which obstacle they end up doing. Um, and that's it. So overall, 20, 20 athletes end up uh, participating. We covered as a, as a whole 200 miles. And I can't remember how many obstacles, but you do the math. <laughs> yeah, cool. That's uh, that's impressive. Were people, yeah, were people really pushing themselves, or were they, you know, like, what obstacles were people doing in between each mile? No, yeah, people, uh, everybody, because I know them as gym member, and they all kind of push just a little bit further what they usually do, which is great. I think this event, of course, uh, the the. the the, the focus is for the charity, but at the same time, it's a good opportunity to try and to simulate a race. Uh, so people really jumped into that opportunity. They were pushing themselves, trying to, some of them trying to really check all the obstacles on the list we have <laughs> and, uh, and not do the same over and over and over neither. Uh, of course, as people would progress uh, in their time slot, Maybe some obstacle were they, they were getting tired with some grip obstacle, and so they would go for some easier one, lighter one. So um, I definitely yeah. know how that is. <laughs> right, you went hard. <laughs> uh, how many uh, stairway to heaven you did? Uh, Seventeen. Yeah. So <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah. My hands were a little tender afterwards. So I bet. So were most people doing an hour or did they choose to go longer? So averaging people, two hour, three hour, that was something common. Um, and that's still real impressive. Then, that's still a lot of time on a treadmill. Yeah. Yeah. Some people didn't expect that. I'm like, you sure you want to do three hour? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, you sure? And then as we, it was an hour and a half in like, whoa, okay. Now I know what I'm into. So on my side, as I was monitoring and uh, the whole event, so I would I took all the open slot. So I did one hour there, and then seven hour through the night, um, and then yeah, in the morning, some people showed up, and I was free. 
So tell me about the seven hours through the night. How did that go? And, you know, what did you use to kind of occupy your mind and make it less painful? Well, honestly, I'm always surprised because I do long, long events. And like you, like I, I showed up there with a cold, so I was not at my the top of my shape. And two days before I snap my pinky, so there I went down with the amount of obstacle I could do. But uh, maybe the fact that I'm used lately to just run, just do trail runs. And so having to break it down with obstacle, I didn't see the, the time goes by. Like, all right, just set, well, I mean, you know, okay, seven hours, go. But I didn't look at the big picture of that. So, okay, let's do one mile. Let's do four obstacle. And don't really look at the time, per se. I told myself, okay, when I'll reach four hours, now I can maybe start to look at the time as a countdown. And I have all these mental um, little tools and trick to do longer, long events. So honestly, seven hours is not that long. <laughs> so can we hear a couple of those tricks? Well, uh, break it down, right? So as simple as, okay, it's, it's in the middle of the night. And sometimes, okay, I'm, I started at 10.30 p.m. And so what do I usually do at 10.30 p.m.? Maybe I'm going to go watch a movie. So, okay, the first time, yeah, I would be doing this. And then I can, I'm actually zoning out and thinking. I do my best thinking when I run. So I'm yeah, doing projects, here. right? So I have this idea. I'm really creative. I go, I go out in my, in my mind. And then, uh, yeah, breaking down, okay, 3 a.m. What's, what's happening usually at 3 a.m.? I, I used to, you know, my ex-husband used to wake up at 3 a.m. So this is what would happen. Uh, and then in some races, where was I at 3 a.m.? So I have very vivid memories. Yeah, I've been in way worse condition at 3 a.m., somewhere in the middle of England in the dark. I'm cold. I'm, in, I'm inside. That's fine, <laughs> you know. So I, I use, often I use that at that um, past experience and telling myself, yeah, I, I've been in way more extreme condition. It was colder. It was, I was more tired. I didn't have food. Um, and so it makes what you're doing in the moment much more uh, easier doable. Yeah, I love that. I love that answer because I, I do the same thing as far as you compare it to previous experiences. And while it may be worse on one front, it's usually not worse on all fronts, right? Like, the boredom was bad, but, you know, at least at least I wasn't freezing like I was at World's Toughest Mudder. Or, you know, at least I wasn't wet all the time like I was at World's Toughest Mudder. Or at least I wasn't, I didn't have as much time left as Endure the Gauntlet, like my 48-hour one. So, yeah, absolutely use the same thing. Yeah. And then when you have, like, a more uh, tangible, let's say, new at 530 Rick would come and relay me. So, okay, he's probably going to get, you know, at 5, 5.15 here. And then, you know, sometimes when you're out there, it's the sun. Okay, the sun is at 7.15, so I'm going to see some light at 6.45. And, and then you break it down. Okay, after that lap, I'm going to eat this. And here, let's say my, my treat, my obstacle treat was actually, because of my cold, the air was dry in the gym, and I had a hard time. It was painful for my, my throat. And so we had tire flip outside and it was raining that night. So that was my favorite obstacle. And so I would treat myself. Okay, every three, four laps, I get to do 
little tire flip because ah, I'm, I'm in the, the rain outside and I can just breathe this humidity. It feels good. So sometimes also to break it down where you give yourself some treat, you know, every odd number, I would do the, um, a very easy balance circuit. <laughs> it's so easy. Okay. An easy obstacle. So uh, I would wait at least every second lap to do that one, not overdoing it because then when you're actually going to need it for real at the end, you know, you're not, uh, you can actually use it. Yeah, absolutely. Another great point, you know, breaking it down into manageable chunks and using micro goals. I, I absolutely do the same thing. Um, I was looking forward to certain people showing up or, you know, like, all right, or the, or certain people it's like the gym was crowded at one point and I kind of like being by myself sometimes when I run. So at, at one point I was actually looking forward to everyone leaving just so I could kind of like get in my own zone. Um, and then after they were gone for a while, I was like, all right, now I want people back again. So I, you know, I put the next, that was like my next goal on the calendar to, you know, wait for everyone to come back and then having my wife and daughter come back. And, you know, I had them bring me some snacks sometimes. Like, uh, I think my treat was a Starbucks Frappuccino cause I was getting a little hot. So a little bit of caffeine and sugar in there. So, yeah. Oh, it sounds like... Uh, I'm alike as well for, uh, uh, you know, there was a lot of action, a lot of people at some point. Okay, I'll be happy when everybody's going to leave and I'm just going to be on my, doing my own thing. But then, okay, now at the end, I'm looking forward that someone shows up. Awesome. Well, it sounds like you guys had a great event. It sounds like you had a good time. Yeah, thank you for sharing that and... Uh, I think people really like it. It's gonna we're gonna do a repeat next year. Oh, nice! And have it bigger. Um, yeah. I will. I will not personally be doing a repeat. I could be. <laughs> I could be talked into doing a relay, but um, by myself, uh, hard pass. So I feel like I checked that block yeah, pretty right. good. <laughs> yeah. Now, before we let you go, I know there's some pretty awesome ultra OCR news that just came out. So why don't you share some of that with us? Yeah. Yeah, so I invite everybody to look at this new event. It's the uh, Platinum Rig uh, Team Championship. So people know Platinum Rig. They do those beautiful rig <laughs> we see in races. And so they, they just created a 24-hour event, which is going to be on the track. So teams of four. Uh, now there's big prize money. So if you want to compete for the money, like $10,000 plus in price, uh, so it has to be a team of four, minimum of one woman per team. And so it's on a track like 800 meter long, just obstacle after obstacle. Throughout the, the 24 hours, obstacle will open, close, change. So, you know, you're not going to be bored. So it's really going to be uh, interactive, if I may say. And uh, the cool thing also is that obstacles are mandatory. So... <laughs> Now, it's not designed like super crazy, meta-human hard. So uh, anybody that is into OCR are, you know, are okay to go compete. So it's doable. We know that it's, gonna tw- it's, it's 24 hours, so you cannot just go through a rig for 24 hours. It's no. So uh, mandatory, but if let's say, you know, you're, you're, you're I don't know, 15 hours in and you kind of get stuck to an obstacle they just opened and it's not your your strength you can like run back so go backward on the track so you have to redo the obstacle you just did and go back to the relay zone 
and relay with a teammate. And then your teammate's going to go back. So in that sense, it's mandatory. So you cannot skip. There's no um, penalty. So I really like the, that new concept. And it's a qualifier for OCR World Championship and NORAM as well. Yeah, that was just announced like 24 hours ago. That's like that's like hot off the press stuff. Yeah. So uh, PlatinumRigEvents.com. Uh, everybody check it out. I'm going to be there. I don't know. My team is not made yet, but uh, I'm looking into that. <laughs> um, yeah. That sounds like an amazing event. You know, the I'm super excited for it. Uh, I have not signed up yet, but I am very interested. I want to kind of see a little bit more how my what my schedule looks like this year before I 100% commit. But it's definitely going to be – yep, it's end of October. It's like the 19th-ish maybe. So definitely looking forward to – if I don't go, which I'm, I think I'm, I'm leaning towards going, is just kind of seeing how it turns out. I know uh, this is very similar. So toughest Sweden toughest, – ex- toughest extreme – did a race in, I think, Sweden a couple years ago where it was very similar. It's like on a track relay format. Um, so looks pretty cool. And um, I know the 24-hour relay I did for terrain race was just a ton of fun. Like it it really adds a nice element to it. And, you know, with, with it being on a track, you know, you're not going to be covered in mud and wet and kind of miserable for the 24 hours. It's going to be kind of... You're gonna have to rev up that engine, run through, and then kind of cool down and repeat. And it's gonna it's gonna present an inter- interesting challenge for someone who's never done a like an ultra relay type event. So. Yeah, the the toughest were changing, opening, closing obstacle throughout the 24 hour. I don't know. I see. I, I never did it, and they only did it one year, and then they didn't do it for. Um, I think they did it in 2015. They didn't do it for a while, and then they just announced uh, like. A couple months ago, that they're doing it in 2019 again. So um, I can't remember the dates on that one, but uh, this one's a lot closer and a lot more convenient. And yeah, and with... again, I know I know Platinum Rig. They they are preparing us uh, some good good surprises. Exactly. That's what I was gonna. That was gonna be my other thing. Like we all know Platinum Rig. I mean, that's like to me like Platinum. If there's one obstacle course, if there's one obstacle that's like obstacle course racing, it's Platinum Rig in my opinion. You know, like. I mean, just the market had on the first OCR World Championships, and you know the second time, second OCR World Championships, they announced double platinum rig. You know that was like, I mean, people were scared. I think, I think, I think it's made everyone train a little bit harder because the combinations are infinite, right? Like you can put, regardless of how many times you've done the platinum rig, you don't know what's going to be on the rig at the end. No, of the- yeah, exactly. So, but yeah, so people, let let's assure people for the, that twenty-four hour event. It's not going to be crazy hard because it's 24 hours. So you're going to be able to get through this. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, Helene, thanks again for joining me. Any quick final shout outs you want to give before we let you go? No, no. I mean, well, come to Otherworld OCR (laughs) to train and go. Let's see you as well at the Platinum Rig uh, 24-hour event. Those are the two main things I want to share right now. Awesome. Well, uh, thanks again, and we'll keep you in our mind. And uh, anytime there's a big announcement coming out of other world shows, OCR will definitely share it here. Thanks to you, Evan. Thank you. You rock. <laughs>